0: the next interlude of Legacy of the Frontier, we begin, Trin, you wake up in a small room and just passively you look around the room and you are laying on a single bed built that is built into this metal wall. And it's a bare mattress. And uh, I want you, I want you to roll uh, a perception check but just there's things like passively that you're going to be uh, acknowledging. So you notice that it's a 10 by 10 uh, foot room and you you notice like there's lights like there's there's a single light it's kind of dim in the room and and you're but it's so it's a 10 by 10 foot room but it's it's concaved. Uh, so you're in like the top right hand corner of the of the room in like the in right- corner. Hmm. Looks like I'm in a corner. Sorry. Yeah, you're you're in like you're in the right, uh, the top, like right hand corner, like the one right angled room. And while it's that, like it's it's like more or less a 10 by 10 foot room, but it's concaving uh, to your right, so it almost looks like you you might be you might be deducing like okay, like there's an there's a curve going down, and you're in some like circular. Uh, room or some object that is circular so did, can you roll a perception check so just a d20 eight so that's an eight so you look around the room and you notice that there is a long vent running along the floor and it's like a two foot wide grated graded um uh vent and it's all—it's just like in the center of the room, and with an aid, as you look down, you see that it is bolted. But even if you wanted to try and rip it out, that it, it'd be way too small for you. But you see all these like wires and mechanics, and you're and you're understanding like, okay, that where I am right now, there is some sort of uh, like it's it's mechanical, and this is like the it like the inner workings of wherever I am right now, and uh, you also notice that there's a tiny uh, portholes along like the curve there's three of them they're like one by they're one foot by one foot and if you notice those there's like some dim light coming out of them and, uh, and 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 that's pretty much what you can notice from the bed so Trin what do you do what are you thinking um, I, I want to say that you probably have a headache like what's the last thing that you remember happening and how do you respond to the situation you're in? Um, <clears throat> the last thing I remember is getting hit over the head. Uh, I don't know why. I remember I turned my back just to walk away. But obviously, I know uh, I'm being held by I'm assuming, uh, these two guys that uh, I escaped the dusty banter with. And i uh, kind of just like, yep, uh, they got me. They got the better of me. And... So I guess my next question is, am I restrained? Nope, you're, you're free movement in the room. You can do whatever okay. you want in the room. Okay. You, so, so I'm assuming you stand up. That's the first thing you do. Yeah, Trin stands up. Can he see outside the, the windows? The yes. You said? Yes, so uh, what, outside, what outside the windows, you see a setting sun in a desert. Um, so it's like, kind of like dusk area, you can probably deduce that it's like around six hours later, like four to six hours later from when you got hit in the head, so you've been knocked out for a little while. And you also see the dim lights of a city, like way in the distance. You don't know what city it is, but you can just kind of see like the the cityscape, but it's way in the distance. It's, you'd, you'd probably deduce that it's maybe like 20 miles away. Okay. Also, for the record, um, his uh, his his death stick high has completely worn off. So now he is his he's he's sober. he's his full facilities again. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, is there any way I could tell if it's like Moss Espa? He's assuming it's Moss Espa because that's the only city around in the desert. I don't think I don't think there's any uh, distinguishing no characteristics anything. of the city. But I mean, that be a, I mean it, it could be. It could be Mos Espa, it could be any other city in the desert, because, you know, Tatooine does have a few major cities, but y- there's no way of telling. Okay, uh, so there's just that grate that you said, I can't even escape if I wanted to, a bunch of wires and stuff. Is there anything else distinguishable on the wall, or would the perception check have? Um, I, I should have mentioned, just like you would have met, uh, passively seen this, uh, there is a there is a door... Uh, like, just a regular-sized door in the room. Um, okay, can I approach the door? Yeah, you can investigate the door. Okay, I do that. So, what are you trying to do? Um, just investigating I guess it? Are you trying I guess to open looking, it? Yeah, I'm just trying to look to see if there's a control panel or something. I don't know if they have doorknobs in this universe, but you know what I mean. Yeah, trying so, to open the door. So, there is a control panel. You So, I guess you do realize the door is locked, and... And so what are you trying to do? So there is a control panel. It is locked. It's just like immediately to the right of the door. And uh, so, so, but I also want to say passively, you can definitely hear voices on the other side, but you can't determine anything that they're saying. So, at this point, there's a few things you can do, Brian. I mean, you could do a listen check. You can do, uh, you know, you could try and open the door. Um, you could, it's whatever you want to do. You could sit and wait. You could just, you know, reflect um, on your on your day. It's whatever you want to do. Uh, is there anything loose hanging around? Um, I guess the mean to say that I could use is like a shiv or anything like that. Just laying a riser, a tool, like a screwdriver. No, essentially the only thing that you have in the room are the clothes on your back. But these doors, uh, it's like the sliding doors of a science fiction universe. So there's no like lock on the door itself. So you'd have to handle. You'd have to go to the panel itself and try and do something with that. Is the panel on uh, on my side or is it? Yeah, it's it's like a dual side. So it's on both sides. Uh, I guess I'll try the listening. I wanna see if I can dis- dis- discern any Okay, any let me what they're trying to say. Let me look at your listening stat. I believe that's something that you got that we have in here. Uh, twelve. Twelve. So with a twelve So yeah, you definitely there's two things. So you you recognize the voice that's talking and it's Theo. So it's the it's not the Keldor, it's the human. And you can hear him say, "I'm the captain. I should talk to him. It's it's my responsibility to figure out who the hell this guy is." And then you hear other muffled voices. Uh, well, specifically, you hear one other muffled voice, but you can't quite tell what he's saying. I guess he's a little bit farther from the room, or so. But you can definitely hear Theo say, "I should talk to him." So you know it's definitely Theo that. Is, well, uh, it's, it's, it's 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 I know I don't know his name but I know it's the guy who doesn't sound who doesn't have the mechanical voice of a, of the of the Mhm. And so okay. so what do you want to try and do now? Do you want to just sit? Do you want to try and open the door? Do you want to like try and listen some more? What do you what do you try and do? Uh I want to look at the bed I'm trying to like just is there anything I could even just like rip off not even the wall or is there like a strap on the bed like that's holding it like you know what I mean or like a loose wire or anything like that I'll say on the bed there's um, like a fitted sheet essentially the the Star Wars equivalent of a fitted sheet but there's okay. no well- blankets there's no I guess the bed it's like memory foam And the pillow is just kind of like a hump in the mattress, but it's not like a pillow itself, but I'll say there's a fitted sheet on the mattress. All right. Um, So Trent's just going to lay on the bed, put his hands behind his head, just lay there, just wait. Okay. All right. So you're waiting. It's maybe like five more minutes. You can kind of still hear those muffled voices. Um, You also, I want to say passively, you kind of hear like some rumbling going on in the, uh, in that little grate that's under the ship or like in your room that's running through the ship and you just hear kind of like wires being uh muffled around you just hear like kind of like metal on metal like something's walking down there i don't know if that piques your interest but you just passively hear that and as you're just laying there suddenly the door opens up and in steps theo and i and you don't... And you just passively... Just, like, understanding how body language works and just, know, like, kind of interacting with this guy already, you can tell that he's trying so hard to look intimidating. So he kind of has his his, uh, his chest puffed out. His blaster is purposefully notice- noticeable, but it's st- it's clamped. So you're not going to be able to... I mean, you're not going to really be able to grab it unless you want to, but it's not going to be easy if you want to grab it. But he's kind of showboating that he's armed. He's trying to just make himself seem bigger than he really is and i think trin would understand that anyway and so the door shuts and he leans against the wall and he's just staring at at trin so and immediately he says we've got a lot to discuss here so i (laughs) brian i think i know the answer to this already but what does trin think of the situation what do you do trin doesn't even make up like. He doesn't even move. He 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 just stays relaxed and just keeps laying in bed, and uh, he he didn't say anything. He just he just kind of stares. He literally turns his head from looking at the ceiling and just stares at, at Theo. Doesn't even doesn't even uh, acknowledge him with a uh, you know the courtesy of a yeah sure we do. He just looks at him. It's okay. So then Theo is still laying. He's still leaning against the wall, but you kind of can tell that his body shifts, uh, a, a, a li- not uncomfortably, but he's recognizing like, okay, this isn't the reaction I necessarily thought. He, at least, Trin was gonna say, you know, fuck you or get out of here. Like, I'm not gonna talk to you, but he got stonewalled and he doesn't know how to respond to that. So then Theo kind of shifts between, he changes the his footing. Like he has one foot kind of is propped up on the other and he looks at Trin, he says, did you hear me? Nah, he doesn't say anything. (laughs) Okay. He just blinks. Okay, so then, so with that, Theo then, he changes his stance, so he, so, he moves to the other side of the room, and so he's now, like, directly looking at uh, Trin, and he says, I'm the captain of this vessel, and you have some explaining to do, and with that, he says, what's stopping me? From turning you into the Empire, you've caused a lot of trouble. There's something. There's not. I mean, there's nothing stopping me from turning you into the Empire. You're clearly wanted. Uh, Trin, 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 says, "What's stopping me from taking that blaster on your hip and shoving it in your mouth?" So Theo kind of chuckles a little bit, but it's like nervous laughter. Like he he because he knows he's not bullshitting. And he just says, "What's your name?" He says, "He says my name's Tren." And with that, Theo he gets he tries to appear a little bit softer, and and he and he step takes a step closer to it and he puts his hand above the bunk. He says, "All right, Tren, I'm Theo. Like I already said, I'm the captain of this vessel. You're on my ship, the Revenant, and you're not our prisoner, but." There's definitely some things that you have to answer for, and I'm just trying to get that information. I'm trying to fig- help me help you. There's a lot of Trin- there's, there's some guys out there that want to do you some bad, and I'm your friend here. I want to help you out. Trin immediately says, bring in the Kaldorian. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> so Theo just frowns and says, I don't know if you want to talk to a man. I, I, uh, I really think you want to talk to me. I think I'm your friend here. Trin says who punched me who punched me in the back of the head and Theo responds that was the Keltorian. and then Trin without a beat says then that's the guy I want to talk to so Theo stands up and he kind of uh, strains his posture he just looks down he says all right if that's what you want I warned you and you can and uh, and he says I'm I'm sure he did yeah, and I and I was gonna say I think Trin recognizes like Theo was trying to be the badass of the group the group, and he's tried, and then he suddenly tried to play good cop bad cop, and it did not go the way that he wanted it to go. So with that, Theo walks out of the room, and Brian, do you change? Like, does this Trend still lay down? Does he change anything while this transition of people occurs? Nope, he's still laying with his hands behind his head, just laying. Kind of been trying to enjoy the memory foam. <laughs> okay, with that. So as Theo leaves, you start to hear a this dragging of metal on metal, and and it's getting louder and louder. And suddenly the door opens, and in walks Bjorn, and and he's dragging a metal chair with him. He then puts it into the middle of the room, strains it up. And in one foul swoop, he pulls his uh black all temperature cloak and he sits down and he just stares at Trin silent. And and I and I and I don't want and and this is one thing I wanna say. while I don't wanna control how Trin feels in the situation, I do wanna say that when Bjorn comes in, Bjorn commands a different tone than Theo does and I'm not trying to tell Trin that he's threatened unless he is which I don't think he is uh, just knowing how, how Trin is right now but I'm just merely suggesting that this is a different vibe altogether and so like I said Bjorn walks in sits down and he just stares and he's sitting in silence so what does Trin do? Uh, Trin laughs kind of just to himself kind of just looks up and says I hope you uncollapse your blaster unlike the other guy He's kind of just making fun of Theo. Is like, like, I'm not fucking... Like, I hope you actually came to, to bullshit with me. Oh, okay. You know? So Bjorn has really no response
1: to this. All he does is he leans forward and he says... I think you fail to recognize the severity of the situation that we find ourselves in. So with that, with that question... Bjorn pulls out this hologram
0: device. And can you roll, um, I, I want to do a knowledge check. I want to see if you have any of that on here. So can you, Um, I don't see anything. Actually, let's do streetwise. Can you roll just a d20 for me? And then we're going to add uh, five to that roll. Seven plus five, 13. So 13. As he's doing this, can, is it also possible to roll a perception check what do you uh yeah i want to see to if i what i want to look at uh bjorn if i can notice anything on his on his waist on his shoulder like whatever he's wearing you know what i mean okay roll a perception check all right so we got the 13, so we got there. 13 gonna, that's for your knowledge i'm gonna roll a d20 again uh, oh wow! Okay. 19. Okay, so we'll go with the uh, perception check first. So, what you re- what you notice about Bjorn is, I mean, he still has his cloak on, but you can tell that the bottom, like his foot, it's ripped from when he made the Molotov. You can see the a faint outline of a a pistol through his on his uh on his hip, because it's not like the the cloak is shut. You know, it's it's like kind of open. You know, it's it's like it's like a robe for him. So you see that on his left side, and on his right side, you see a cylindrical, a tiny cylindrical object, but it has no like real. Definitive markings on it. You just see a cylindrical mark. It could be like a flashlight. It could be just like a med kit. It could be anything. But you notice a cylindrical object on the on his right hip. But it's more like on the side of his hip, where the blaster is in front, kind of like uh, like gunslinger style. The cylindrical object is on the side of his hip. So like, does it have just- any?
1: Does it have any? I
0: like you just said it's it's pretty nondescript. But are there any? Since I rolled a 19, are there any? Descriptive thing besides saying it's just a cylinder or a cylindrical uh, let's thing. Let's say like... you can see the bottom of it, so you notice that there is a. Are there buttons? Is yeah, it, you is can there see like... a yeah, you can see a red button, a tiny red button on Where? on like in like maybe like the top portion of the cylindrical object, and you can also make just just make out an etching on the top of it. It looks like it's in some. You don't under you don't recognize what the uh the inscription is but you can just like make out that something was inscribed by hand on the bottom of it um and it's a uh it's not jet black it's like dark gray like it's very rustic I'd say it's very beaten and worn in so you can make out that and it's definitely very dirty so you can make out that uh, other than that uh I mean you can See, there's still the scars, like, kind of poking out of the side of his of his mask, of his gas mask, but other than that, it's kind of nondescript. He doesn't really have a whole lot of objects on him. And then going with the 13, the knowledge check, when Bjorn pulls out this hologram device, you notice that this is com- like this is this specific hologram device is common for assassins to have it essentially it, i don't want to say it's like a smartphone but it can receive transmissions it's like a it's like a mix between an iPhone and like a police scanner so it's where he can get contract like assassins can, can get contracts but also they can intercept uh, or this is where signals get beamed of like bounties and stuff is it is it unique to bounty hunters yeah, I'd say that. I, that that's that's out of character, but that's just something that Trin would definitely know. Okay. Yeah. So but with the knowledge check, it de- you definitely recognized it. Um I'd say it's I mean a bounty hunter would recognize it, but it's this is like geared for assassins, I'd say. But the Well, it's so, definitely probably a newer model and everything too, so. Yeah, so when he uh opens like the the, the hologram device it essentially is relays information that it's general descriptions of Trin, Theo, and Bjorn are wanted for questioning by the Empire. So he just Bjorn just kind of shows that to Trin. Does Trin recognize, like, does he understand that this is essentially you guys are wanted for um for questioning? Like can he perceive that? Yeah, yeah. Trin's Trin savvy enough. He 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 more or less just like sits back, kind of chuckles, and is like. Well, shit, they got me. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know when I'd be made. Or, you know what I mean? Like that's he. He says something to the effect. He, he laughs and says, "You know, shit, they finally made me." Yeah, and and with that,
1: with that little quip, Bjorn then reiterates, "Do you know what this means?"
0: Uh, Trin says, um, "Yeah, well, well, nothing pretty. Nothing pretty coming my way." And Bjorn responds, he clicks off the hologram and says, We have to get off this planet. And why would I do that?
1: Bjorn, not quietly, but he says, They will capture you, and it's, it's not a matter of if, it's when. They will stop at nothing. If they think you have information they want, they will crap capture you at any cost, and I can't have that. And with that, I do want to say especially just kind of piggybacking back off that idea. Like, I just want
0: you to remember, Brian, like just for context that this is like the Star Wars version of the Gestapo or like the KGB, like the secret police, like people go missing, people get arrested, like people die. And I'm not saying how Trin should respond, but I just want you, like I think Trin would be aware of this, like that the Empire isn't just some like ragtag group of criminals. No, no, Trin – no, I'll say Trin definitely appreciates the severity of, of being uh, targeted, and to which he, though, says, though, uh, you think this is my first time within those Empire walls? And so, and so Bjorn just kind of,
1: he leans closer to Trin, and he says, They hold systems hostage with fear. People go missing, people are arrested, and they aren't heard from again. They blow up planets. But you're right. The Empire isn't a problem. Just go out there and see how long you last. I dare you. And he says this pretty coldly.
0: Yeah. Trin says, you don't know me. Bjorn just kind of sits back in his chair and he takes a deep breath and
1: says, At the very least, get off the planet with me. I'm going to Karelia. It's far away from here. And once we get there, I don't give a fuck what you do. For right now, the Empire is only looking for us on Tatooine, and I'd like to keep it that way.
0: Uh, Trin, Trin says, "What's on Corellia?"
1: A job that I have to fulfill.
0: How long you been in the in the
1: game? What are you talking about?
0: They don't give they don't give those uh those little holograms out to just uh you know your average captains
1: that I just spoke to. How do you know I didn't steal it from someone? You didn't steal it. Bjorn pauses because he
0: recognizes that Trin is pretty much calling him out and he's a little, because he doesn't know the implications of that because Bjorn doesn't know that he recognized the assassin uh, hologram for all he knows that he, that Trin remembers that Bjorn killed the dude in front of him. And the reason that Bjorn is so hung up on Trin is, is that if he knows that he killed this guy, he also in turn knows that he's Jedi. And that is bad news bears for for Bjorn. Because if the Empire gets wind that he's a Jedi, he thinks he is fucked with a capital F. So he that's why he's in such a rush to get off this planet. So Bjorn pauses and he reflects on this answer. And he looks at Trin and, sa- and asks... What is your name? My name's Trin.
1: Trin, I don't care if you trust me or not, but one thing I know is that I don't want to be on the wrong end of an Inquisitor's table. Now, Brian, roll a perception
0: check for me. Or, no, do, a, do another knowledge check. What, is that a d20 still? Yeah. Okay, it's right. just going to be just... Uh, it's an eight. Okay. Um, mm, Okay, now roll a perception check. Uh, 17. seventeen okay so with the knowledge check you may have missed the inquisitors you, you miss the inquisitor mark it 's it's not that you miss the inquisitor's mark you just don't on you don't recognize you don't make the connection of why he said inquisitor but with the seventeen you do recognize that bjorn's posture changes when he says inquisitor it's it's almost like a fear movement like when he says inquisitor his Body language implies fear. So that's what okay. you re- realize. And he cuts himself off after he says Inquisitor's Table. Okay. Huh. It's interesting. That takes Trin for... he not- Yeah, obviously he just noticed that, but that's definitely something that, you know, He he's still indifferent to the whole situation. I don't, don't want to undercut that. But that is something that in the back of his head, there's always that survival instinct in him that will never go go away. that—that's too ingrained in his in his psyche and his system that even in his and even in his uh you know disparate state, the instincts like well this guy just is fearing something, uh, definitely kind of makes him turn his head a little bit. But he doesn't let it chill. But in his head, he 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 remembers that whoever this is, the Inquisitor made whoever this is someone who's already has a commanding presence, uh, kind of shift a little in his shoes that's definitely something and he says uh let's see you don't know the inquisitor so he says what do you propose we do
1: i propose that we get out of dodge we get off this planet you come to crilly with me like i said i don't give a fuck what you do when we get there we could go our separate ways for all i care but we have to get off this planet sooner rather than later and if you need if there's some personal effects that you need we can go get them real fast, but we have to be quick. Okay. Uh, let's see. Shrin didn't say that. Uh, he, he says, okay. So do we have a deal?
0: Deal. Okay. So Bjorn stands up and he starts to walk towards the door and he again reiterates.
1: We need to be quick. The captain has informed me that the ship needs a replacement hyperdrive. He supposedly has another cellar lined up in Moss Eisley but we have to get out of here sooner rather than later so once again do we have a deal
0: take me to my house okay so with that uh he Bjorn leaves a room and he leaves the door open so Trin what do you do do you leave the room because you have to tell them where I think you to, like, they don't know where that is obviously yeah so Trin leaves okay but leaves the leaves the room yeah. So, okay. So I want to, uh, so one of the things with roll 20 that I've done is I've, it's this idea, it's this thing called fog of war that the map that Brian is seeing, most of it is black, blacked out. Cause he hasn't explored it. And now that he's leaving, he's now exploring the ship, the Revenant. So I'm going to unblacken, uh, I'm going to reveal the map. So uh, Trin steps out, and he steps into like the threshold of the the ship, the Revenant, and and so the the Revenant is a it's specifically a YT twenty four hundred model. So essentially, it's the model I think directly after the Millennium Falcon. So it's it, it like has similarities, but the best description I think I can come up with is that the base looks like a saucer, so it's like a circle, and then it has like two connecting bridges on the side uh, where the cockpit and the escape pod are and that's on the right side of the ship. So uh, and the ship is 68 feet by 60, 68 feet uh, long by 90 feet wide. It's a pretty wide ship. So as, as Trin, as you were exploring and just kind of looking at the ship, you notice that there are three crew quarters that's on the far right side of the ship, so that's where like the curve you were seeing in your room is. They all have those uh, control panels just to uh, have some locks and, and stuff like that in there, just manual locks for the door. Uh, there's one captain's quarter which is at the top of the ship. It's it's closer to the crew quarters, but it's right at the top and to the right of that there's like a little opening that we notice that there's a speeder chain to the wall so what they were using in um, Return of the Jedi like to go through Endor there's one of those on the chain to the wall Um, There's the engines are in the back and you notice that this is where the hyperdrive is set as well the hyperdrive is also I want to say it's maybe from the pictures that I've seen I think the dimensions are it's like six feet long and four feet tall. So it's like a pretty substantial piece of equipment. And I don't really know where it is like located or hooked up, but I'm just going to say it's like hooked up to the uh, the engines in the back. And that's like the complete backside of this like saucer. There are just like the engine is the uh, engine parts that they can just easily access. Um, in the center of the ship, there's it's the crew lounge and in but in the direct center of that area is a ladder to get to the turret gun so it's kind of like uh, the millennium falcon where they climb up and down the ladders there's a top gunner there's a bottom gunner as well um i want to say that the crew lounge it's like in an enclosed area and there's three doors to get in brian for you that's like the black scribbles those are the doors um and so okay. if you're looking at the circle the doors are at 12 o'clock 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock and there's no dorts at um, 9 o'clock so there's also surrounding the circle there are grates surrounding the lounge so these are both access smuggling areas but it's also access to the internal mainframe and the mechanics of the ship and they can like the grates can be easily moved up like they're a little like loosely bolted in there so when like the ship does some maneuvers they don't go flying all over the place but they're very easily like latched that you can open and get into the bowels of the ship and in the top right of the corner like where that bridge is that is where the cockpit is uh, so kind of very similar to the London Falcon where like the, the cockpits on the side of the ship but directly behind it there's like a long like cylindrical I don't wanna say they cylindrical it's just like a tunnel and that is the an escape pod bay and it also is the maintenance and mechanical area of the ship, and then directly separating those two, there's a maintenance shaft. There's also uh, trend notices that there are vents all around the ship, and they are two feet by one feet. So, and like they're easily taken off; they're latched as well, but. A person could not get in there. So, but they're just—it's more maintenance areas and just internal framework of the ship. So, as uh, Bjorn, as you follow Bjorn, uh, well, Brian, what is your first impressions of Trans' first impressions of the Revenant? Oh, I also wanted to say, in the crew quarters, there's like a giant plaque that, uh, or it's like kind of like above the entrance, I should say, which is uh, like it's like the it's like on the of the saucer it's the three o'clock position and that's like a giant ramp that leads out and above that entrance is a plaque that in gold inscription says the revenant so that's the name of the ship and uh so brian what is what are Trin's first impressions of the revenant it's all very like dimly lit it's all very mechanical it kind of looks like something out of like aliens like it's very not it's just it's just very uh industrial i'd say so right yeah so whereas like the Millennium Falcon is very like it's dirty but it's it's has like co- it's very uh like lots of whites and grays like this is just a very like gray ship and very industrial looking so what is Trin's first impressions of the Revenant uh I mean really it's just a ship he's been on you know a thousand ships a thousand different times it just looks like a different ship you know nothing really strikes him too you know too out of out of it yet uh he's I, I mean, he sees the other people, or at least not other people, but he can see. You know, we uh, said Max and Theo. He obviously doesn't know them yet, but he sees them. Uh, he doesn't really pay them too much attention. There's definitely something else on his mind right now. Um, ever since the Kaldorian talked to him in the uh, in the little in in the room, uh, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. He's got other things on his mind. Okay, so. Bjorn leads Trin to that back maintenance tunnel and it's uh, it's very clear that so as you take a look down there you see that there is actually no escape pod much like the Millennium Falcon but so it's just this maintenance tunnel filled with uh, equipment and wires and all over the place and we can hear Max and Theo in the middle of an argument and they're pretty much just bickering back and forth so Max is pissed at Theo that he doesn't have the hyperdrive and Theo is pissed that Max is pissed at him. Ma- and Max responds first. You couldn't keep your fucking mouth shut for goddamn 20 minutes while I was doing this by? Do I have to bring you everywhere like a fucking infant child? Theo responds. Shut. Shut it, Max. It, it wasn't my fault. And Max responds goo goo gaga my name is theo and i have the mental capacity of a brain dead gungan goo goo gaga i changed my diaper because i'm just a dumb fucking baby and <laughs> and with that theo just angrily he has a wrench in his hand and he throws it right at max and the clang echoes through the cabin in the ship and it's and max just hard stares at theo and it's followed by this awkward silence and theo just kind of mumbles under his breath I'm not a baby i'm sorry though And Max sighs and turns back to the mechanical in the engines. And he says, Sky, hit the engine. And behind you guys from the cockpit, we hear this robotic voice reply, Copy, sir. you say Sky, is it S-K-Y-E? Uh, S-K-Y. Okay. With that, the engine picks up and... Roars, or the ship, I should say, roars to life, and the lights come on all over the ship. So we figure, like, we kind of deduce why it was so dark was because the power was off because they were doing repairs. And so suddenly that robotic voice booms again. It appears everything is working excellently, and he walks. It, this this robotic voice walks into the uh, engine area, and so this sky S K Y. Uh, he's an architect ro- uh, robot. So essentially, architect robots were meant to be uh, like teachers and uh, like a practical skill teachers. So there's, um, I think it's in the ex- uh, extended universe, there's an architect robot. I forget that prof- it's like Professor something, but he was in charge of helping Jedi like construct their lightsabers. So um, the robot kind of looks like, I'm trying to think of, like, the build. It's it's very, like, slim, but it's very... It's outfitted with armor. The head um, kind of looks like... Uh, it's very cylindrical, and it, it kind of looks like a cross, if that makes sense. So it, it it looks like, you know, like, the cross and the T, but it's, like, very, like, cylindrical objects. Um, and he's got two... Uh, w- uh, just glowing... Uh, yellow eyes and he's got like kind of the grate for the mouth but what you notice about this architect is that he's been outfitted for combat so he has he's carrying two blasters on his hip and he has like a backpack that's it's kind of infused into his back already but it's just like a carrying pack strapped to his back and he walks up and he's 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 like average height he's five ten or so so he's not looming but he's definitely been outfitted for combat you can he's very grim and dirty he's uh he's he's a mixture of like a copper and like a crimson but it's like kind of looks like it's almost like a rust colored it's not rust but it just looks like that just from weathered and use and and you can just see like kind of Not blaster bolts, but they're just, he's been, he's seen some shit, is what I'm trying to say. So he walks up behind them, and Max responds, Yeah, for now, Sky. It it seems whatever bugs he did worked. And with that, Max bangs on one of those opened uh, vents in the corner. And after a few seconds, you hear that trend, you hear that familiar. Uh, rustling of metal on metal, but it's like like pitter patters of feet, and then all of a sudden out pops this BD model droid, and it jumps right on Max's shoulder. And for all those who are unaware, BD model is this bipedal, maybe like foot foot and a half tall, cute little robot. It's uh it's the main robot in the uh, uh, Je- Jedi or the Fallen Order Jedi series uh, from EA and um, and so it's it's all it's it's it used to be a white color but it's covered in like soot and just grime from just being in the internal framework of the ship and I think what you can deduce and Bjorn also deduces this as well is that this is the reason like this is the little thing that is kind of doing the... The framework, uh, and like the the menial task of the internal framework of the ship, is that it's going through these little vents and just doing little repairs here and there. And it has like a single eye in the center, and it and it happily beeps on Max's shoulder, like. Really? And with that, Max pats it on the head and grabs him by the side and says, "No oh, thanks, Bugs." And puts him on the ground, and Bugsy runs up and stops and looks up at Trin, and. What do you do, Trin? Uh Trin literally just watches it. He's kind of waiting for it to make the first move. He's kind of like indifferent to the thing. Mm-hmm. And so when it looks and when it realizes that Trin just kind of looks indifferent, it looks over at Bjorn and it does like a little like a uh, like a confu- not confused. It's like questioning, and Bjorn squats down and kind of uh he he like caresses its head and he starts wiping and he pulls up a his uh his sleeve of his cloak and he starts to wipe the eyes or the eye of the droid because it's got some grime on it and he does this silently and very stoically and once the eye is clean the droid just responds kind of happily like and it kind of pitter patters away into the main part of the ship like the saucer and Bjorn just watches on his knees still watches him kind of just pitter patter away and then he stands up slowly and turns towards the guys and Bjorn uh, says to Theo are we ready to go and Theo says we are now and he starts walking towards the cockpit Theo sits down at the the main controls of the cockpit and responds let's get the moss Eisley before it gets completely dark
1: and Bjorn interrupts and says hang on we need to take we need to make a pit stop for this guy's equipment real quick so theo swivels on his on his
0: captain's chair and looks at trin and responds all right but we have to make it quick where are we going trin So, Brian, we uh, – so, Trin describes where his hut is to Theo. So, Brian, why don't you describe the location where uh, where Trin's hut is located? And, and – because I want to – because I, I, I know where it is, but I, I want you to describe the area first, and then I'll respond how Theo – like where he parks the ship and how you okay. guys get there yeah i mean it's it's literally on the outskirts of town like it's the it's the final ring of the city and literally if like if you were to sort of put that in context if you were to look out his front door you would just see desert it is literally the lat it is the border of of the town and um yeah so they and 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 it's also you know with with what comes with being on the outskirts it's not necessarily the greatest part of town uh it's not run down, but it's definitely some shady characters hang out there. There are some shady dive bars. Uh, it's not—it's not that like bounty hunters frequent it or anything, or, but it, it's definitely kind of like when Obi Wan was in the context of uh, uh, Moss Eisley. It's—it's it's the hive of scum and villainy. You know, this neighborhood is sort of the uh, epicenter, where, you know, you don't want to get caught in the uh, in the middle of the night by yourself unless you have a gun or you can protect yourself. Okay, and so how you describe the location of where it's at and the Revenant, it's it's important to note the the outside appearance of the Revenant. So the Revenant is completely decked out and all in black. It's like dark colors, gray colors, and the reasoning for this is that it's a smuggler ship? It's like a I don't want to say like gunrunner ship. It's it's a tr- it's like a ship that does highly illegal activities at times, and it doesn't want to be seen. So I mean, outside of like the internal workings of the ship, Theo, as inept as he may seem, he actually is like a he's like somewhat knowledgeable about piloting, and uh and like we'll get to that later on. I'm hoping, but it was his idea to actually paint the ship in as black, as many black colors as you can. So when you're flying through, A, the like it, it doesn't reflect colors. It like the black color will absorb any shining light. So that helps, especially when you're flying at night and when you're flying through space because Ships and enemies won't be able to see the glinting of suns off of your of your ship. So the ship is completely decked out in black, so it's able to. And and he is flying with no lights on. So he's pretty much just like circumnavigating. Uh, so the plant the the city is Moss Espa. To answer that question from earlier, so he's using his knowledge of the city's uh, land uh, like grid as well as just the stars and the planet to circumnavigate without any lights on so all the lights are off so people can't see him he parks the ship maybe a 10 minute walk from trin's hut just knowing like the location of it and theo actually suggests that he goes with trin and bjorn as like an insurance but bjorn convinces theo just to let bjorn go himself it's less people uh, he, they need like if they need to get out in a hurry, they can call uh, Theo and he can pick them up and then get the hell out of Dodge and go where they need to go. So the- Theo gives Bjorn a transponder that he's able to communicate with him. So with that, the ship gets settled down and they make the trek. Uh, it's like a 10-minute walk to the hut. Um, it's not like super far. I also want to say the desert uh, at this time of night it's dr- it's now it's the sun has like just settled night has just uh i guess it's tw- is it twilight is that like right after dusk is that it uh yeah i think so so it's like this it's like there's still like a tiny bit of light maybe the sky is now a like dark hue of blue Uh, like, the maroons and the sunset and the binary suns have set, but there's still, like, kind of, like, purple haze and dark blues in the sky. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so as they walk and they get to the hut, it's now, like, completely dark. The stars are out. And, Brian, describe Trin's hut now. Like, how big is it? What's inside? Describe the hut to us. Yeah. Because I don't... Uh, I... I, 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 As a DM, I have no idea. Yeah, no, it's one of those... it's, 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 It's kind of like, uh... He's on the first floor. Somebody else. He, the stairs lead up to the second floor. He's not on the second floor. You go in. It's a really simple. It's a really simple uh, apartment complex where you go in through the front door and it's immediately it's a big circular dome of not big sorry but it's a dome of uh, just like I guess the living room area and then if you go just towards the back there's uh, the bedroom. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I guess it, it, in terms of what's inside of it, it's just kind of like, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's unadorned. It's not really, it's, it's really simple, honestly. It's as simple as you can imagine. Uh, with like a table, you know, I guess the equivalent of a kitchen with food, you know, obviously the blue milk is in there. Um, and I guess the thing that, that strikes that is striking about it is it is that it's, 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 uh, it's not really ornate or it's just so plain. It's not even messy. There's just, it's just a table and it's a couple chairs and even the bedroom just has a bed on it. Uh, okay. so Brian, yeah, there's, I, there's a, there's a, there's a closet though. So we're going to reverse roles for a little bit. So I'm going to roll a D20 for a perception check. And I just want to see what, um, what Bjorn realizes, notices. So he rolled a 17. So what is he like so that's all like passive stuff. so what are the details that Bjorn is able to notice about the room or about okay. the the apartment with a seventeen right all right he I mean, I mean, there's really nothing to notice outside of the fact that hung uh on the wall, I guess not and it's not displayed it's just like it's kind of just like a it's like a gun rack where there is a there's a rifle uh you know like a traditional. A traditional length rifle. Uh, there is a scope on it, uh, probably a foot long. Uh, it looks, but the, I, it's a foot long of a scope. It, 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 it looks like a standard rifle, but I guess the 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 the, the big the big highlighting factor of it is that it looks very old. It looks a little rusted, uh, a little damaged. It looks like it hasn't been fired in quite a long time and okay. uh so there's that and then in the living room i'm going to say also what you notice with this what is it a 17 perception check that's your roll yep you notice that trin is looking visibly shaken and it's not and you, and you could tell that he's trying to keep his composure but i guess your instincts are telling that that something I guess is going on in his head, but you don't know. And you also notice that he was able to, like, he he wasn't acting this way on 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 the ship. Okay, so he's Um, nervous. Yeah, it's the Revenant, correct? Yeah, the Revenant is the ship. He wasn't acting acting this way. No, not even acting nervous. You can just tell that, like, changing uh, demeanor, changing like yeah, changing body, changing demeanor. He hasn't said anything, but you can tell that there's a change in his demeanor. Okay also so he is a slug thrower rifle that's just like the more technical term essentially what a th- a slug thrower what i think is it's a um it's what like Tuscan Raiders use it's what that uh, i don't remember the bounty hunter but she's like the tall like the pasty like albino like in the green like in the Phantom Menace like she's she's got a big she's a bounty hunter that's got a big role in uh like the EU and stuff but it's like that that's what you have right it's like a scoped slug thrower right it's it looks like a musket essentially it's a very like vintage looking weapon Mm -hmm. yeah no that's pretty much what I was kind of modeling it after okay cool so so I notice the weapon. I notice he's being, like, kind of – not cagey, just the demeanor's changed. Okay, so Bjorn – and Bjorn immediately g- going into the room, recognize or going into the apartment, like, he's on – not edge. Like, he's ready to go. Like, he's – he's, he's like, he's thinking something's going to go – not that something's going to go down, but he's prepared for that instance. So Bjorn – we were in their room, and or in the apartment, and Bjorn says
1: – what do you need? What do you, what are we here for?
0: So, uh, Trin immediately, uh, goes for a, uh, it goes into like his room, his bedroom and he says, I need to get my pack.
1: What's in your, what's in your pack?
0: He says, uh, uh he says it's not important. Okay. He says, it's my, it's my effects.
1: Okay. Just make it quick. We got to get out of here. Okay. So he grabs and, and, and it's important.
0: Bjorn stays in the living room. Like he doesn't yeah. follow him into the room. He's like staying close to the exit. Okay, yeah, so I won't say... like Trent. It's, even his bedroom is just really plain. It has a, has a cot, and so he grabs his pack. You, uh, Bjorn doesn't see this, but it's, it's full of death sticks. That's what it is. It's his, it's his cache of death sticks. Um, probably how, many, how, many would to, you, how many would you say are in there? Yeah, I'd probably say enough to last at least a, a solid month. Okay. He is, he is enough to last a month, so he puts that – it's like kind of like a little sash. It's not even a book bag, you would say. So he, he puts his sash on. Um, so I just want to ask. So, like, that sounds like it would be an expensive amount of, like, death sticks. So is Bjorn, like – or no, I'm sorry. Is Trin, like, does he ration it out? Does he make it last? Like, is he, like, a functioning drug addict or – or is he just uh, like a strung out druggy like a like wh- No, no, he's not strung out, but he knows that like he he I mean he knows he's addicted and he knows yeah, he can ration out his his uh, his his uh, his stash. So he like when he's looking at it he's like all right, this is about a month if I ration it. Like I don't really I can't really decide right now, but I just like I just want it. Um also he takes one out of his bag and he rips it. As in like he uses? Yeah, he he, he uses an entire death stick. And um And so what happens I then? Think, I, I don't think I don't think the effects are instantaneous from what I understand. Let's just say for the sake of, you know, our story, it takes fifteen minutes to feel the effects of it. So he's still fine. Okay. But so he, it's like, no, like it's like acid it. or so it has got to it's, it's got to kick in. It's got to hit the system. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's got to hit the system a little bit. So he rips one Bjorn doesn't see it and he um uh he also uh I guess like takes uh a pistol on uh his I guess like his nightstand you would say, puts it in the back of his pants, tucks it back, kind of tucks his shirt over it and then he enters back in. As he enters back in, is it, like, moves, or, like, can I just... He does one more thing he needs to grab. So, is it, um, describe, is it, like, a sporting blaster? Is it, because, like, so, Bjorn's, uh, sidearm is a sporting blaster, which is what Princess Leia uses in the beginning of A New Hope. So, is this, like, the equivalent of that? Is it, like, Han Solo's blaster? Is it, like... what's the, ha- what's, the what's the difference between Han Solo's and Leia's? I'm There's, just like, gonna size. say, like the size, and I mean they—they. They, yeah, I'm gonna say they more or less do the same damage, but like, if you if you pick up like the equivalent of like a snub nose or like a cricket from like Men in Black, I'm gonna say that the damage is less. Like it'd be like a d, it'd be like a d four something as opposed to yeah. A D4 you know what? Is. It's it's a snub nose. It's like the equivalent of a snub nose. Okay, so it's like the it's cricket like, from it's Men too, in it's Black. Too, well, no, because that has if in the movie that had a. A much no, but I mean, impact. like the size—the size of it, you know. Uh, no, not like a cricket, because that's like kind of like you know, effeminate and like, <laughs> oh, okay, pathetic. You know, it's still like it's still like a snub nose. where You're like, oh, it's a gun, you know. Uh, but see, so yeah, he tucks it in the back, and then he goes and picks up his rifle, and he just slings it across his back. Um, but it, and it's not even a threatening way. But what he does is though, he um. He takes a seat at the, uh, I guess, at his, his table. He sits and he says, down. Uh, yeah, he, he takes a seat and he said, and he also like, wait, well, okay, so I take that back. He doesn't slam it across his back. He he takes it in his hand. He takes a seat and he kind of plucks the rifle on the tabletop. And he kind of and he looks at Trin and he says, he looks uh, at Bjorn. Uh, sorry. Trin looks at Bjorn and he says, "There's a few things I have to ask you before I leave this this house."
1: We can't do this on the ship," he says. "No. We, 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 gotta get, we gotta get going. We have to, we have to, we have to get going. This can't. We, we have, we don't have time for this. Right. So, uh, I would like to use that. Um, I guess the quick, quick draw.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, do I have to roll for that? Let's let's just say you just you just use it. I'm very interested in what happens, Brian. Like, hehe. <laughs> well, I, I will say I had to change it a little bit. So, and I can't wait to get to like because we still have two more interactions to do. So, I mean, if you're in for a long haul, like, yeah, no, I'm good. Okay, so I use um I use quick draw and I and I pull the gun, lightning quick speed on uh, Bjorn. Do you say anything, or do you just pull the gun? Um, what was the last thing I said? I said, no, we're going to talk. Yeah, and I said, uh, th- we, we don't have time for this. Yeah, and I, I don't even say anything. I just say, I, 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 I pull the gun landing quick speed, and you can still notice. Like, I still have that kind of... I have a different look in my eye when I do that. Okay. W- okay, so... Bjorn slowly raises his hands and, and before, says... and before he even like does anything he says uh well he's so he's raising his hands up right yeah okay so he like, says like don't even don't even you know you make a quick move for your uh for your waist you know i'm, I'm you want to test my crack shot like I'm a better shot than you think I am so how far what's the distance between bjorn and uh and trin? Uh, about good 8 feet okay so it's still like pretty close okay so Bjorn has his hands raised and says alright I guess we're gonna talk he says take a seat okay so <laughs> alright I have absolutely no idea where what's gonna happen here so um Bjorn walks up to the table and sits down okay um so Trin says, "Who are you?" "My name is Bjorn Ashmondi." And with that he puts his hands on the table, like okay. like flat like uh the uh back of his hands up. Like they're flat on the table. Okay. Can I roll a perception check? Yeah, Let's go for it. Okay. okay, so I also Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, roll the perception check cuz I got an idea too. Okay, 13. 13. So, what are you trying to perceive? I'm just trying to see how Bjorn is like reading the situation. Uh, I mean, he's still stoic. Like, well, he's he... wearing a fucking mask, but yeah, like, how, so... does, how does, how is like body language? I mean, he's surprised. He was not expecting this. And, uh, but he's still like very stoic. You know, like, he's like, he's not like trembling or anything. He's just curious of like what's going to happen. Mm hmm. So, okay. There's that. Is there anything um, you want to do? Yes. Um, so he sits down, so I want to roll an effect mind perception. What I want to do uh, it's like the false stimulus. So what I actually want to do is roll and and I essentially want to like cast this illusion that Bjorn's hands are still on the table, but they're actually now in his lap. Okay. I, well, I, I think that's I roll. think that's how it that how it that's how it works. So you have to do a let me look at your you have to do a a will save. So I think okay. that's just a d twenty plus one for you. Uh, Eighteen. Fuck. Okay, I don't know if this is gonna work. Um, just tell me if it does or doesn't work, and then I can uh go from there. Fourteen. I think it's I have a plus. I think it's a... Oh. Oh. it And I have plus four. So it's 18. It's a tie. No, no. I have plus one you just said, though. Yeah. Wait. What was it? I, I rolled an 18 plus one. Oh, I have 19. okay. So it fails. So it doesn't work, I guess. Um, so how we're going to put this is that I'm just going to subtract the vitality points because, like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, it doesn't work. So therefore it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So... That was minus two. so Bjorn's vitality points are at negative 11 or minus or they're at 11 now. So I'm gonna say Bjorn starts moving his hands and Trin recognizes that. and what does he do? Trin kind of uh, tenses a little bit and he says um, you don't want to do that. And with that, Bjorn realizes that his mind trick didn't work. so he uh, his hands just stay flat on the table. And okay. and he so he responded with, I'm Bjorn Ashmani, and then he started moving his hands. And okay. he said that. And then, yeah. and then Bjorn's going to say,
1: What is this about? What do you and want? And then, he
0: sa- he then uh, Trin says, Do you know who I am?
1: <laughs> I have no fucking clue who you are, and I don't care who you are.
0: And then... Trin, trin is now like his his demeanor is still he's not breaking down yet but he is definitely like he's just you can see he's like kind of on the edge and there's something going on inside of him and he says uh are you here to kill me bjorn replies in a very calm voice no why are you like why aren't you here to kill me
1: because there's no contract out for you. I don't know who you are. It doesn't matter. You just have information that I can't let get out.
0: I saw your lightsaber. With that, uh, roll a perception check. Ten. Okay, that'll be enough. You immediately recognize that Bjorn he tenses up and his it, like, he almost like flinches at those words and his hands that were now flat. They, th- they flinch and his, and his uh, hands curl up like, or his fingers curl up and almost instinctually. And then he like sits back in his chair in a brace and Bjorn responds. I don't know what you're talking about. I could blow a fucking hole in your head right now. And take that lightsaber,
1: so we're at we're clearly at an impasse. What's your goal right now? Why do you have a gun on me?
0: I want to know how you found me. And basically, like now this is like sort of like the beginning of like the destic like hallucination, like starting to like take hold. I want to say that he's since it's still like kind of early. That he's—I feel like he's starting to feel like warm. Like it's like the prelude to the high. Yeah, like, uh, like he's not losing it. Like he still has his—he still knows where he is and who he is and stuff. But like that—that's still the question he asks: like, how you found me? Okay. And Bjorn just
1: shakes his head and says, "I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't find you. You—I'm not after you. You have to." You have to believe me on that. If I wanted to kill you, I would have killed you in the alleyway. Trin, Trin kind of laughs and says, so was you. Well, I'll be damned. What are you going to do now? The past... Our past don't matter. We have to focus on the now. We have the Empire hunting us. They're They want us for questioning. And if that doesn't scare you you've never had an interaction with the Empire before you've never seen the true. true side of the Empire if that doesn't scare you
0: and then all Trin says is uh, he puts his he puts the pistol down and he says search your feelings this pu- this puzzles Bjorn because a saying like that reminds him of of his youth and just for like out of character for those like listening to the, the setup episode Bjorn had survived the, uh, the Great Purge at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant and Search Your Feelings is a saying that he had heard all throughout his childhood and his, uh, and his youth and like towards the tail end of uh, his him being a youngling with Search Your Feelings it's, it's like a key Jedi uh, saying That they say about the force. Am am I correct in that, Brian? Like, am I making the right assumption here? Yeah. Okay. And so this puzzles Bjorn, and Bjorn, and I think passively you can just recognize that Bjorn's body language is just super... He's confused, and now he's getting a surge of emotion. Because now he's remembering his fallen family, and he says... Why did you say that? Trin... Stands up, clutches his rifle, and uh, heads for the door. Is he still, like, as he's heading for the door, is he still focusing the pistol on Bjorn? No, he lowers the pistol, but he's still holding it, but he's still, like, visibly shaken. Bjorn turns and stands and says,
1: We had a deal.
0: Let's go. Oh, okay, I thought he was... Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't think that was going to happen. All right, so so Bjorn, he – because I think Bjorn thought that this was going to end in some sort of bloodshed, and Bjorn kind of uh, – he, he quietly asks Trin,
1: Are you still with us?
0: Just don't let me out of your sight. And with that, Brian, I want to ask you, as Trin's high is starting to come in, what is, does he see anything different? Like, what does he see during this interaction? When he turns and says that to Bjorn, what does he see? Does the influences like influence him at all? Yeah, I mean, I know we said before, it kind of replaces things with euphoria, or replaces the the sensory experience with uh, euphoria. Um, He's definitely thinking of, um, uh, he remembers... One of his last contracts, where he is uh, on Coruscant, and this is right at the you know Order sixty six just had just occurred. Um, that that's kind of like in the periphery though. It's not he was never associated with it, but just for a timeline, that's that's just what happened. And um, he remembers just going to I guess like the local uh, what do you call it? It's I guess like the local guild for bounty hunters and he remembers um just getting a he he remembers a couple words where you know the local the local i guess boss of the area said fallujah and he handed him a sack of uh you know credits okay and he kind of and he's remembering that kind of experience of like the thrill of that moment he knows what that job is gonna be, but he doesn't know what awaits him. okay And as Trin walks out the door, Bjorn looks around the apartment one last time and and I want to say Bjorn turns back to the room and because he recognizes like something must have happened in that room. So he goes in and he wants to investigate. And I'm just going to roll a d20 for perception check. And it's a critical miss. So he... It's a one. So he walks into the room, looks around, <laughs> sees it's just a bedroom, but he has, like, uh, some, a feeling that something happened in here. But he doesn't notice the deaths, the empty death stick lying on the ground. He does not notice it. And he walks out the room. So Bjorn walks outside... <laughs> and he he walks up to Trin who I guess is just standing out there waiting for him and he says
1: I can't protect you from the Empire but I can give you a head start and he offers his he offers his hand and he says let's go get that hyperdrive get the fuck off this planet